Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Issues 2021. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Eric Kale, Director of Wichita Sedgwick County Historical Museum. Welcome to Issues 2021, Eric. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's been a while since we've talked. Some of our some of our listeners may not be familiar with the museum, and uh, uh, let's talk about it a little bit here. Where, where, where are you located? Well, we're right downtown. Uh, we're near Century 2, but we're very easy to spot. We have a 170-foot clock tower on the building, and uh, the building was built in 1890 to serve as Wichita's first city hall. Yeah, and, and your museum has not been located there uh, since the inception. Uh, when, when did you move in there, and where from? Well, um, this museum was started uh, actually in 1939, <laughs> but this City Hall location is our third, and we moved here when City Hall moved to its current location in 75, uh, the building was renovated for use as a museum, and um, we opened here in 81. Where, where did the, where's it located before that? Do you, do you know, Eric? Yeah, prior to that, we were in College Hill on Douglas Street in the uh, Beachy family home. Uh, they were great museum supporters and left their collection and their their home to the museum. This was in the in the early fifties, and so we moved from the old Forum Building, which uh, most most of your listeners won't know. It was basically predated Century Two and served in that capacity, right. and so we moved from there to um, the uh, the Beachy home. Uh, Beachy's own Stephen's Dairy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's currently owned by Kirstie Alley. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that Really, that's the same house. Okay. Well, listen, uh, you know, the building you're in is so historical in itself. Uh, I, I do remember when it was City Hall, and right across the alley to the, uh, to the east was the police headquarters at one time. <laughs> and uh, that's quite a building. Have you ever been up in the clock tower there? Oh, yes. Um, we go up there and change the light bulbs for the clock face and uh, keep it running with the help of the Wichita Clock Club. Uh, the building's still owned by the city, uh, but we have been its uh, tenant now for uh, over 40 years and have been working on it every day since. Let's talk about uh, the museum, how it got started. Are you, can you go back that far? It's been a long time ago. Oh, sure. I, I'd be glad to. Of course, uh, the city and county just celebrated its 150th year. Oh, um, wow. yeah. And, and so um, 
it was interesting because right after the Civil War, uh, immigration uh, took off again, and uh, people were moving west. And Wichita was really a destination uh, on the on the west end of expansion at that time. So uh, the the people who moved here felt they were making history. They were uh, a literate bunch, you know, from the Victorian age. So they they were. Uh, they were almost set on making a museum as soon as they got here in the middle of nowhere. Um, but it, it took a number of years to form it up. And uh, today we're one of the uh, leading local history museums in the United States. Yeah, let's talk about uh, how, how is the museum financed? How, where do you, how do you keep the doors open down there? Well, you know, uh, we we do it through a lot of help, a lot of supporters. We have museum members who are good old-fashioned card-carrying members that renew a, an annual membership every year. That's as low as $25, but that's kind of our core group of supporters. We've also, for uh, generations, received uh, a s- small amount of operational support from both the city of Wichita and also the Board of Sedgwick County, the Sedgwick County uh, Commission. So um, we received some public help. We we have a lot of uh, responsibility as a public educational institution. The uh, uh, How many visitors uh, come to the museum uh, in a well, year's of course, time? Yeah, right now, of course, uh, visitation is pretty light. And, you know, for history museums, uh, we're... We get the lightest visitation if you think about all the uh, cultural and um, uh, institutions out there with the zoo being at the very top and then the art museums and exploration place. Um, those kind of museums customarily track more. Uh, history museums, a little more contemplative, a uh, little more laid-back experience. Um, and we had doubled that, our our visitation uh, over the last ten years, until uh, the pandemic hit, and now it's we're back, to, we're we're back, way back down. But typically, we get about sixteen thousand people through a year. We're open six days a week, and uh, you know weekends. We're closed on Mondays. That's a good thing to note, and that's typical of a lot of museums. But um, we, on any given day, we'll have you know twenty five people filter through um, on all four floors. So it's pretty safe destination in these times to to come and, and uh, get out and do something uh, safely. Where do, where do your visitors come from? They're not just from around here, I don't think, are they? Right. Um, of course, we're, we're very interested in getting uh, all of our, our local uh, citizens in. Um, I think th- through tax dollars, everyone chips in about a nickel a year, so you should come down and see the place. But um, many of our visitors uh, are from uh, out of town and overseas. In fact, it's a, a place that someone unfamiliar with Wichita or maybe visiting the first time will come to kind of get acquainted with the community because we have about 24, 25 different exhibits that really kind of explain uh, who we are and and uh, what's happened here. So a lot of our visitors are from around the world. How uh, now? How are the exhibits arranged and presented? You have what five floors that you arrange them on? Uh, actually, four, four? Um, and sometimes we'll open up the the tower room for special um, tours. But um, we have um, 
basically three types of exhibits here. We have special exhibits, which include a, the occasional traveling exhibit, and these are uh, these keep things changed up and fresh and interesting. Um, so it's not a been there, done that sort of experience. We also have core exhibits, which are you know kind of essential, ongoing exhibits that uh, really kind of look at the history comprehensively, often in sort of a timeline, you know, segmented out for different periods of our history. And then we also have what we refer to as immersive exhibits, which are kind of environmental, stepping back into time. We have a a Victorian cottage, a regular middle-class Wichita home of 1890, 1900, that era, Uh, several rooms, and you would swear you were somewhere else, um, when you're in that exhibit, um, we also have the original mayor's office for the building uh, restored and um, in its original appearance. So you can go and see um, where uh, Mayor Carey uh, opened up shop here in in 18. Actually, we opened in 1892. It took him a couple years to build. We have a drugstore, a turn of the century drugstore exhibit, and then perhaps one of the favorites is the Jones 6 automobile. This was a company that built automobiles here 100 years ago, and we have the only one remaining uh, that's on public exhibit. There are a few others out there, but they're in private collections. So you can see what kind of cars they were building here. Yeah. So, so uh, you talked about uh, traveling exhibits. Do you get many of those in, in uh, like history traffic? I wouldn't think there are many available, but uh, do you get many uh, traveling uh, exhibits? Yeah, we do when they when they meet our mission and kind of cons- correspond to local history. Um, some of those that we've gotten that are traveling have examined like prohibition, which we were specialists in here uh, in Kansas and Wichita. I think Carry Nation chopping up the bars uh, 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 and and railing against uh, the use of alcohol. And uh, so we had a traveling visit. Exhibit on that. We have had one on the greatest generation, World War II. And of course, Wichita operated 24 7 as a uh, war production for aircraft at that time. So that, that worked perfectly with our local history. Another one was on the uh, the Cold War and the, and the nuclear uh, age where, where we had the Titan missile silos surrounding uh, the city, and we uh, that exhibit was very interesting because it looked at that brief period of time. Uh, so, yeah, we get those. We've we've uh, also created some of our own special exhibits, uh, uh, a few which could possibly travel. One right now we have up is on the history of the electric guitar and uh, might seem a little far afield for local history, except uh, the electric guitar made a... Uh, a, its debut, its world debut from Wichita in 1932. So we explore oh. that subject. I, mean, I just tell you that uh, I've shared this with you before, I think. And uh, I, I brought uh, uh, two or three of my grandchildren down there to see the museum. And the thing that fascinated them both, believe it or not, was the, was the uh, manual typewriter and uh, the uh, telephone booth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very popular. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, muse- history museums are, are so well-known for being hands-off. You know, we're perver- preserving the artifacts, which are really kind of our medium for telling the stories that we tell. Um, but uh, the um, 
the typewriter and the phone booth are, are put there to kind of engage kids in, in thinking about the past, and they're a lot of fun. We, we often flip a kid a dime at admissions and tell them to take the pay phone challenge, and they have to go in and read the instructions, how to operate it, <laughs> contemplate a dial, yeah. And it's from 1948, and it's uh, it functions just like like you might remember, Steve. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a lot of fun. I'm glad glad to hear they enjoyed that. And then the typewriter, it's uh, 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 mystifying. I mean, it's sort of like a laptop, but not. And uh, and so yeah. uh, both those things are hands on. We have other hands on things. Uh, for kids too, so it's not entirely don't touch around here. Eric, you uh, do you have any school tours? Do you, you do schools? Yeah, we we do school tours um, all the time. We don't charge for them because we don't want a, an admission fee to be an obstacle for the kids to to learn about their town. Um, of course, those are those are curtailed right now. But we have a thing um, that uh, teachers are using on our website, which is a family pass which a teacher can issue. And so uh, the kids have been coming, you know, with their families, and uh, um, and we, we look forward to doing the school tours again. Uh, they'll, they'll come back before too long. You're listening to Issues 2021 on the Odyssey radio stations, and our guest is Eric Kale, director of Wichita Sedgwick County Historical Museum. And uh, as you know, we've talked before, I, I'm a huge history nut, and I think that uh, we need to, really emphasize it in the schools as much as we can. Uh, but uh, let's talk for a little bit about the, the impact of the pandemic on your operations. I mean, I've talked to most of the museums in the city, in the area, and it was just, it's been uh, a real, a real experience. Let's put it that way. How about you? What, what's it been like for you at the, at the historical museum? Yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's certainly uh, been a game changer in a lot of ways. It's uh given us uh, some time to um, uh, reorganize some of our approaches. But, you know, we've been open, uh, uh, except for that brief shutdown. We've been open and functional and welcoming visitors here. Um, and um, it's uh, been well-received, uh, though there have been fewer come. As far as our, our finance, finances are concerned, you know, admissions aren't a big part of our income stream. They're important, uh, uh, but they they don't drive things here. And our it's our supporters that do, and they've been very uh, supportive through this. They've, memberships have increased, and people are are lending their support in a lot of different ways. So it's kept us going. Uh, we're not uh, like so many other uh, businesses threatened uh, to the extent where. Um, we're, we're worried um, about the future, so we um, we're we're plugging away. It certainly, and it, uh, it certainly sounds like you've done done better than a lot of folks with this thing. So, way to go! Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you, and our hearts go out to everyone who's uh, not fared yeah. well, and there are many of them. But uh, you might think of this as a place uh, that's out out here at these times to uh, find a, a little uh, relief. I want you to take a look at the big picture for a little bit uh, and just talk about, in your opinion, the importance of history to a nation's culture and of the importance of their history of, as to who we are as Americans. 
Yeah, uh, um, it's it's very important to have an objective um, uh, look at history on an ongoing, continual basis to preserve it, uh, to not to not lose it, or uh, you basically could be in danger of losing your identity. Um, it's good to know um, these stories of the past. It's you know, there's the point of nostalgia, and, and that's a little different for everyone, you know, what they fondly remember. And and, uh, and then having some prompts to recall it in a museum is is, uh, is a, a, a nice thing. But um, as far as um, identity, uh, if you don't, if you don't, know where you've came from you don't really know who you are so uh it's it's interesting and i think a process of self-discovery for people to come here it's also fun uh to connect the generations and and as you were mentioning with your grandkids coming here there's a lot to talk about there's the curiosity of what happened and then the knowledge of being able to explain it a little bit and so we have a lot of fun uh with uh, multiple generations of visiting at once it's a it's well, a great place to connect but no, no nation is perfect and there's a, a lot of bad things and ugly things that have happened but uh there seem to be people who do want to gloss that over i am any danger that some people seem to just want to rewrite our history and maybe leave out all the bad parts oh sure you know everyone has their own take on it and how they want to do it and um it's important to be objective and factual, and that's one thing we strive for. We we look at multiple perspectives. We we want to be uh, completely factual about it and and consider all the angles. Um, you know, if you if you skew it to a, a certain through a certain lens, um, it's you know it becomes one dimensional. We. Um, we are right now uh, about to release a book uh, that's kind of inspired by the sesquicentennial, the 150th anniversary, and uh, it's a uh, illustrated history of Wichita. It will be um, about 350 pages, over 400 different images, all from the museum's collection, uh, and these include not just photographs but artifacts of and uh, it's it's a it's a it's a lovely um, large hardcover book that will be coming out next month. Next so. month, okay. I'm looking forward to that. Let's, yeah, it's sort of like a walk through the museum for your coffee table. There you go. There you go. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, the early days and how Wichita got started. Was this kind of a, a trading post at one point here on the the two rivers as they came together? Well. It, yeah, the you know the indigenous people had uh, been drawn to this area for many years, and uh, uh, it had a, a very strong cultural life for centuries. Um, and it's I think because of the confluence of the two rivers and being in the valley, it was just a conducive place. It was uh, it was remarkable and easy to find. So there was a lot going on here. Our museum really doesn't. Um, get into that early history, uh, that would be better found at the uh, uh, All-American uh, in- Indians Museum sure. there. Sure. Uh, but um, so uh, 
it was just the next logical progression, uh, a place to go uh, after the end of the Civil War. And as Kansas was forming up as a state, the lands were being opened uh, for settlement. So people just flocked here. And we had, I mean, there were lots of destinations in the area, but we had, I suppose, the most... uh, (laughs) the most influential and uh, ardent um, boosters uh, bringing people here, and it just it just was the place. Yes. Well, let's, um, let's, I'll tell you what, let's skip ahead then a little bit and talk, sure. about, talk about the impact of aviation on this, this, this area. Yeah, aviation, uh, you know, has been a huge driver and has really defined us as a city. Um, the, the first... The first real catalyst for this occurred in 1911 at a place um, just sort of north and east of here, uh, Walnut Grove. It was a, um, a kind of a, a little suburban resort area. They had an air meet there, and people rode their horses and carriages out there. There were a few automobiles and watched an air show. And that inspired everyone. You think 1911, well, that was quite a while after Kitty Hawk, but actually Kitty Hawk was relatively unknown until they went to France in 1908. So this yeah. all happened really quick. Um, so we were into airplanes from the, from the early times. It was great for airplanes because we had wind, yeah. which you needed to take these things off the ground, and we had flat open spaces. So... And we had ingenious farmers who were inspired to, you know, build equipment and things, and why not an airplane? So, Yeah, yeah I want to, uh, not to interrupt you, I want you to talk about just a, a, a couple of our better-known citizens through the years uh, from Wichita. Yeah, who, who were a couple that you might mention? Oh, gosh. There, there, are, there are legions of them. Um, uh, great citizens. There are people who made national fame and in, in, in show business, which that's always a fun su- subject. Um, and then there are, are are business leaders that that did things here and, and, and inventors. Um, gosh, who, Steve, do you ha- do you have a favorite? You mentioned uh, Kirstie Alley, of course. But also uh, 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 the uh, star of Gone with the Wind, who the first uh, black. Uh, uh, who McDaniel. McDaniel. Oh yeah, I think she's just a terrific example. She had she has a fascinating story and very important historically and not not well known enough at all. Uh there was just a a little installation on the north side of downtown put together that kind of tells her story. Um other movie stars from here Louise Brooks who was a phenomenal oh, she's a huge uh, star in her day. Huge. Star. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, just and a game changer. Uh, the just um, the modern woman kind of person. Um, then there was Vera Miles. Vera Miles, uh, yeah. Appeared in Alfred Hitchcock movies and others, and uh, um, and uh, so there's then uh, Kirsty uh, Alley. So Kirstie, yeah. quite a number of them. Don Johnson. Uh, yeah. I go. I could go on uh, uh, and. Annette Benning grew Annette up here. Benning, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and you talk about that, you talk about some of the, in the days of the entrepreneurs, but not so much now, but we we had Pizza Hut started here with the Carney Brothers. You have uh, uh, the Coleman Company and, of course, the aviation, uh, uh, the manufacturers here. It's just, this has been a, 
a really interesting place over the years for people who uh, pioneers, I guess you'd say, trailblazers. Yeah, it's it's really attracted uh, a lot of uh, incredibly ingenious, inventive, uh, creative uh, people who uh, you know to come to Wichita out here uh, away from so so much of the rest of the world. You you'd have to be pretty special, I think, and that's really shown. You, uh, uh, what what's ahead for you? Do, do you need more volunteers? Are are, we, are you back where you need to be as far as the pandemic and everything? Uh, things going well? Uh, yeah, things are things are going uh, relatively well. Uh, we always need support, and this museum is. Uh, we celebrated our eighty first year, and going into our eighty second, we need the continued support of of the community through membership or, or or simply good wishes and coming to visit. But um, one of the things that we um, hear constantly is, gosh, I've lived here all my life. I had no idea this museum was here. All right. Well, this maybe this will help <laughs> get out the word. We're out of time. Yes, thank you. We're out of time, Eric. Our guest is Eric Kale, director of the Wichita Sedgwick County Historical Museum. And that's all for this edition of Issues 2021. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you.